Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Megan Gomez. And I'm Agony. This is Collateral Gaming. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. We've got a very special guest today. Uh, That is uh, Megan's own brother, Agony. Hello! Hey guys, how are you guys doing today? We're, we're hanging in there. Yeah, man. Uh, it's good to have you on. Uh, good to meet you. Uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and, and what you do? So I've spent most of my time now here recently streaming to Twitch, playing games like Dead Space as single-player games. I used to do PvP games, but I've been trying to get away from that due to uh, how toxic the community is kind of getting to uh, to that level with you know hackers and competitive getting really really bad so now i'm just a uh, storyline streamer so hell yeah i mean those are the kind of games that i personally enjoy and i, and I know megan's the same way as well <laughs> it's really cool man we'll have to check out your stream sometime we uh we tend to focus more on storyline games on collateral gaming mm-hmm. or, or at least so far we have i mean i'd like to branch out more and do a few other things but uh, we'll see how it goes, uh, and we are kind of headed to a close this season. We've we've only got a few more episodes left, and uh, already talking about what's happening in season four. Super stoked to talk about that. But we've also got another little segment we like to do before we get into the meat, and that is collateral gaming news. Uh, did you guys have any particular subjects you wanted to bring up? I for sure do. Um, there's a lot of news going on in the gaming community right now. Um, things are just kind of going crazy. Um, I'm sure, as a lot of y'all know, because everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of Horizon Zero Dawn, um, there has been a lot more trailers leaked. Um, or not leaked, but um, released for Forbidden West. Um, I've heard some rumors that there is going to be some pushback on development, um, but I'm very, very excited from what I've seen of gameplay and everything so far. I mean, it just looks beautiful. It looks fantastic. So I can't wait to delve into that. Um, I did also want to um, let our listeners know, because we did do an episode on God of War, um, development has been pushed back. Um, release date is looking around mid-2022 right now, um, so we might be able to get into that one next season. I know that we were very, very hyped for it, and we loved playing the um, first one with Atreus and, um, you know, in the, in this Nordic story. Uh, and, of course, you know, my babe, the God of War. So uh, I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited for that one, but they can take their time. So other than that, I know that there's lots of E3 um, but if you'd like, uh, Mr. Mr. Bro there, if you want to go ahead and talk about that one. So 
everything that's going on with E3 is really, really weird this year, considering with COVID going on and people having like a hard time trying to find a good time to put it out. And apparently it's actually still going on schedule in June, June 12th through June 14th is what I heard last. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know here recently there's a rumor about a new Borderlands spinoff, if you're a big fan of Borderlands, oh, from yeah. the views of uh, Tiny Tina. So it's called Wonderlands is what the code for it is right now. Um, if you're a big fan of Battlefield, Battlefield 6 might actively be going to uh, the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate upon release. There's speculation right now. There's nothing too concrete about that, but that is what they're talking about doing. Obviously, with Forza, Forza Horizon uh, 5, that's going to be in Mexico, apparently. They're oh. taking it to Mexico, so bringing that back down. And then the biggest one that I'm actually excited for is uh, Hitman and James Bond developers IO, Soft, or IO Interactive is making a new fantasy RPG game with dragons Ooh. and uh, making it all medieval and stuff like that. So oh, that's shit. a little bit... Interesting. Yeah, that's right up his alley, because um, if any of uh, Josh's uh, viewers end up watching or listening to this, um, they will know that he is the biggest freaking fan of Dark Souls. Like, literally, this man has played Dark Souls more than anyone I know. Um, oh, also, shit. I didn't even get the chance to say thank you for finally being on our podcast. Um, I've only been begging you for, like, what, a year now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that wasn't entirely my fault. That was also your fault, because you were never told me the time. So Yeah, true. Yeah, but also we we did play a couple games that I didn't think were up your alley. Um, also, before we um, leave the news segment, I did just want to bring up something that I think Ash might mention, but there have been a lot more rumors from bigger sites about the Nintendo Switch Pro. Oh, um, yeah. Lots of lots of talks about what it's going to look like, what it's going to act like, um, you know, the different types of screens and, um, you know, chips that they're going to be using might be in 4K. Um, lots of big things going on there. So I'm very, very excited to see what's going to go on there because um, I just personally got my Switch for Christmas from my husband uh, last year. Um, so, I mean, if we can get a pro, that would be really cool so we could both play, um, you know, a lot of the games that we play together, especially Mario Party. That is so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, I got a Switch Lite, so I and I was I was hoping to get you know the full version of the console, but I was like, mm, let me wait and see if there actually is going to be a Pro. But that's exciting. I, I'd love to see if that actually becomes reality. I know Nintendo has mentioned that they're going to be participating in E3, so um, as they usually do. So yeah. uh, I'm excited about it, and we're definitely going to be covering E3. I would love to do like a bonus round episode just focused on that. Um, but we'll we'll see what's coming ra- out around that time. In other news, uh, the Apple versus Epic uh, court actually happened. The, the trial, I should say. Um, nothing really, no decision has, has been made regarding it. But um, just interesting to note that there, there was a lot of information, I believe, that was leaked from different companies like Microsoft and Sony as a result of the investigations. So, Yeah, I wonder if there's been any, to- any toxicity between the, the console um companies you know versus the the fortnite and uh epic companies yeah you know, i know the fortnite is becoming its own kind of company thing because they're going to try and branch out or whatever i don't know how the hell they're going to do that but the whole thing is stupid um i mean <laughs> i i could have told you from the start nothing's going to happen from this epic is not going to win this lawsuit and uh, if yeah, apple wins apple. then 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 all that means is that things are going to be exactly as they were so <laughs> But uh, we'll see. I'm excited to. Uh, I'm definitely excited about E3. I'm very, very excited to see what's coming out. And and I saw you know the uh, 
Horizon Forbidden West video as well. Uh, I remember actually I sent it to you in the in the, the group chat because um, <laughs> it looks incredible. Um, looks to be quite a bit like the first game, and that's okay. I'm totally fine with them just doing, you know, the first game but better. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, this one's going to be a little bit different. So in the original game, you know, it's lots of land and you know things like that. You're this time they're going to be focusing more on the sea. You know, Aloy's going to be able to breathe underwater. There's going to be so she's going. I guess she's right now. She's like in the DC-ish area is what it looks like. Um, especially from like some of the you know hints and stuff. I know that you can see like different parts of the East Coast, and she kind of makes her way towards the center yeah. of the U.S. Um, so I'm thinking you know we're going to see lots of like California. So we might see like the Hollywood would sign all broken up that might even be an area for a boss fight that could be cool there's a lot to imagine there which is really cool and i'm I'm glad that they're they're expanding the game because i was really really praying for a sequel i've played horizon zero dawn a lot it's a a beautiful game it's stunning um and there's lots of character you know development and just badassery in it so i i cannot wait for another game i'm like oh i cannot fucking wait I just hope that the game isn't held back by past-gen consoles. Because, I mean, while it's good that more players are going to be able to play it, um, and it'll be more accessible, and, and they kind of almost have to, because almost nobody has a next-gen console right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> because they're so hard Thanks, to find. But, but unfortunately, that means a lot of the games that you know would have been uh, next-gen exclusives are, are going to be on both. And while that's a good thing to be able to play those games, I, does, I, do, I do feel like it holds back what the games are capable of doing. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what the next generation has in store for us as far as, um, you know, what games are going to be technically capable of. But mm-hmm. I, I think that about wraps up for our news segment. We're going to go ahead and talk about our, our subject, our topic of the day, and that is Dead Space. So, uh, yeah, man. I mean, what, 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 are you, what are you guys' thoughts on this, uh, Agony? What do you think? So... From my opinion, Dead Space, even though it was released back in 2008, I honestly believe as a horror game, and as I think it's like the pinnacle and the staple of what horror should have been and what it should have stayed as. Because playing through it, I played through it when I was a kid, and playing through it again while streaming it here recently, actually, it's nice being able to experience that same kind of terror because it, it's not scary but it's anxiety-inducing, and I think that's what makes it so yeah, memorable. Definitely, and I was recently just playing Resident Evil Village, so it was interesting to compare that kind of a survival horror game with this kind of a survival horror game. Um, but Dead Space, this is, was, is my first time playing the game, by the way. I'd never actually played it, and I had a 360. I just, I guess I just I hadn't been into it at the time. But I, I'm actually kind of regretting that now because, man, this game really gripped me in. I could not stop playing. There's a couple frustrating segments throughout that did make it a little bit difficult and w- would make me quit every once in a while. But other than did that, you I mean, the asteroids? <laughs> the asteroids, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and we will probably get into that in, later. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's solid game from beginning to finish. Um, a little rough around the edges, but I, I, I do think that it is just a masterpiece. I, I think that there are a lot of cool things that Dead Space brings to the game main world. Um, what do you think, Megan? Um, I absolutely agree. So y'all know I don't really like horror. Like I love to, you know, watch people play it. I'm okay with it, but I just there's a lot of things about horror that I just it it, it gives me the ickies. <laughs> um, but this is one game that I just genuinely love. Um, I've played through the Dead Space series um a couple of times now, and I just genuinely love it. Um, 
I, I don't really get the jump scares anymore, except for, you know, like whenever they're like right up in your ass and they're trying to get you. That's really the I'm like, God, no, no. Um, but other than that, you know, like I just genuinely love the series. Um, and it's it's something that's very interesting. It's kind of off kilter because, you know, it is like a zombie esque game. Um, but it but it's different in its own category. Like there's never been like another Dead Space. I know we were talking about this kind of like Mortal Kombat. Um, Dead Space is one in its own. And I, I really enjoy it. And I hope that, you know, that either we get a remaster soon um, or, or we get some more into the story you know um just just maybe a little bit of expansion or maybe you know like the alien species that discovered it first or created it something like that i feel like that would be so cool yeah the series hasn't actually um seen any installments or entries since the dead space 3 and that's because uh the developer no longer exists so dead space was developed by ea redwood shores later known as visceral games um and and i guess you know they're a subsidiary of ea but uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been doing bigger projects like uh, Mass Effect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and, and this is one of those few gems that um, I, I think is an actual solid game series uh, that, that that truly has some quality to it. That's from EA. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and leave that leave that to the developers. I, I really, I really solidly believe that um, good developers make good games. I mean, who would who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> what a chance there. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess. Think- no, go ahead, bro. I was about to say, I, was, uh, I think it would do it justice for the whole series to get like a remake, like what happened with Demon Souls. Yeah. How that was remade. Like, mm-hmm. if they did something similar to that, it would be amazing and probably bring a whole new bout of terror to this game because you'd have like that realism with the new console or the new generation or even to the max that this current generation can produce with the kind of fear and the visceral horror that this game just brings no matter how many times you play through it. To see this shit in 4K would scare the fuck out of me. I would have terror again. Not sure what the problem is here because it's not like EA doesn't have the rights. It's it's their game. It was their studio that developed it, so there yeah. shouldn't be a rights issue. But maybe you know, with the closure of the studio and then also, I guess the less than enthusiastic release of Dead Space Three. Um, haven't really played it, but I have heard that you know it is a little bit of a disappointment and focuses more on action. What I like about the original Dead Space uh, was how much it was able to focus on just the the horror experience. And and then like you said, Agony, I mean I don't know that it was necessarily as scary as some other games, but it is there is a lot of anxiety, a lot of suspense, and it's definitely very creepy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I love how there's just constantly noises and sounds going on in the background and the music will just kick up all of a sudden and you think something's about to happen and the game's just tripping you out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the best way to play the third Dead Space, honestly, is with a partner because upon my experiences with it, um, the co-op is really, it's really weird because it separates you and your partner as a whole, but it pushes you together at the same time. Because like, let's say like you're playing with Megan, you playing as Isaac and Megan playing as the other character Carver, you will see things that she cannot see. So you'll get a cutscene where you're seeing things, and she will get the same cutscene where she's just looking at you, just walk around doing willy nilly. Okay. Just like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and yeah, vice versa. And there's parts where like you won't get the entirety of the full story because there's going to be little missing <laughs> tidbits for the characters going into like into dead space three. So the best way to honestly play the third installment is with a, is with a friend, surprisingly a horror game that's better with friends because it's scarier with a friend. 
piggybacking on what you said, um, I think that with the resurgence of all of these remasters and remakes of a lot of these games, I think it could maybe be in the works, but they're, they, I think they're going to wait for the right time to do it because, you know, Resident Evil Village just came out. Um, a lot of those have been remastered recently, and I know EA has been doing a lot of that as well. You know, for example, of course, I'm going to keep bringing it up because, you know, I'm going to play it for the Patreon, and I'm really excited. <laughs> Mass Effect. Um, you know, like, they, they've had a lot of resurgence of these types of games. So, um, you know, I think that's definitely maybe something that could come in the future, but they're not. that might even be something at E3 that we haven't even thought about. Um, you know, because EA loves to do that. They love to just drop bombs in the middle of nowhere and just kind of do these types of things. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see the future. It's totally up e- EA's alley to re-release something. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially a blockbuster series like this. It would go amazingly, and especially with the horror aspect. I was thinking the same thing, actually, and I was, you know, before, earlier today, before we recorded, um, I, I was wondering, I was like, man, why haven't they just done a remaster of, you know, th- throw, like, the first, th- th- throw the three games into a collection together? Would it be a great way for a new studio to show what they can do with Dead Space um, so that people feel competent with them and then, um, of course, you know, go ahead and do Dead Space 4? Or... Another idea, instead of remastering the games, I could see a full-blown remake or, or, or reboot of the series. Um, Maybe. It, it, it could be interesting anyway. It, it could go either way, but for sure, at least a remaster of, of, of Dead Space 1 and, and possibly the other two. I mean, update it to kind of have more of the quality of life improvements that are seen in the sequel, which, uh, of course, we'll get into in, in part two of this podcast, because we're talking about both Dead Space 1 and 2. That is a, a recent decision we made, so that's going to be great. Surprise. Um, but but for this this episode, we're talking about Dead Space 1. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the co-op from Dead Space 3, because... I've heard that it was originally Dead Space was always intended to have co-op. Um, and yeah. So it would have been interesting to see what that would have done. But I, I do kind of like the isolation aspect in this game. It does make it feel very alien, which is, I know is what mm-hmm. they were inspired by and going for. Yeah. And originally this this game was conceived, I believe, as a, as a sequel to System Shock 2. It was, but also whenever they crashed that idea, I actually just learned this today because I was looking at, you know, like, um, you know, kind of development thoughts and things like that. Um, this game was actually um, inspired a lot by Resident Evil 4 and yes, that, the horror I've heard that aspect too. from that game. Um, so I, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, yeah, with the inventory management and, and just the constant action. <laughs> yeah. I did also just want to bring up something before we leave the subject too far. Um, I know that Microsoft has been buying uh, the rights and buying a lot of developers out. Um, so I think this would be a great opportunity for them to make a resurgence for the series, like you said. Are they going to buy out EA, though? <laughs> I don't know, but I know that I, know that I, you know, Microsoft and EA are in bed together all the fucking time. So, I mean, it wouldn't fucking surprise me at this point. Yeah. They fucking. TV fucking. They fucking. <laughs> um yeah no, i i would love to see it um i i mean obviously we're missing out and and it's a good opportunity for them to kind of return to roots so i think either way doing a remaster or, or a remake um is probably the the best first step to take and then move on you know let's do dead space 4 or let's continue on in a rebooted universe I'd be cool either way. Let's just pull a com- Mortal Kombat and go all the way to 11. Fucking send it. <laughs> there will be a piece of the Ishimura somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. So the reason why there's not going to be a 4 is because if you play the... Uh, touching back into Dead Space 3, I know the focus is Dead Space 1, but touching back into that, the whole story is if you play through the the uh, the DLC that was released for it, 
Isaac is done with it. Like everything is done. Okay. His he story gets is finished. On a planet. Yeah, he gets stranded on a planet, and that's it. Like that. That's it. So it, okay. all of that for the God stomping Isaac Clark. Damn. Yeah, he, that would be a cool name for the remaster, the Isaac Clark series, like they did with the Nathan Drake collection. That's why I said you could remaster all three games and throw it into one. Because one thing that the first game is sorely lacking is is, is some of the more um, mainstream details. Yeah, finer details, mainstream controls. Um, it, it is kind of awkward to have to aim to reload, you know. Um, whereas with Dead Space Two, of course, we got you know the the reload on X button um, or Square. So I, I noticed sometimes when I was jumping from one game to the other, I would I would kind of switch that up. But yeah, no, no. Uh, other than you know the, I mean the controls, other than that, are fine. I mean I I felt that they were responsive. The physics worked pretty well. I heard the PC port of this game was pretty bad. The PC port of this game is a little wonky. The mouse movements are not as fluid as a lot of players expected it to be. Um, I a long time ago, God, I can't. I was actually rewatching uh, Markiplier. Um, he played this nine years ago, and he was messing with the mouse controls, and he was just having so much problems with it. So, um, I know that for the consoles, because it was designed for consoles. I don't know if maybe it's just because of the track of the movements from a, you know, controller compared to a, you know, a mouse that it just changes the aspect a little bit. Um, but from what I've heard um, from other people as well, it's just that it, it's a, it's a little bit more difficult to play um, on on a PC compared to a console. So. Yeah, well, it was a game that was designed for console and then ported to PC versus being designed for both or having some time before doing the port. Um, so I, I can definitely understand why there would be a little bit of wonkiness there. I've heard that there's some odds that you could install to make that easier, but I played on console. I had a good experience. Um, I mean, and, and the game certainly keeps you on your toes. Uh, oh, I enjoyed uh, exploring the Ishimura and not quite ever knowing what turn is going to be around the corner you know or what's going to come at you and and some of the jump scares maybe a couple of them did actually get me um yeah <laughs> the uh inventory panic inducing one go ahead, go ahead go ahead no no go for it man i was about to say the uh, the biggest panic inducing thing was being exposed to the berserker for the first time oh when fuck. he comes out and you start and you're like oh this big this big enemy is just coming after me let me just rip off his arms and legs and be done with it and then he rolls over and starts regenerating you're like okay yes. this is an issue oh, i enjoyed yeah. i enjoyed burning the shit out of that guy at the end okay <laughs> i was really i didn't know what to do by the way i had to this is this was a part of the game where i kind of had to actually go look it up because they leave you in this environment and they don't really tell you what to do and he's chasing after you and you're trying to turn the ship on and then it's like oh you can lure him over there behind the ship's thrusters and then light his ass on fire okay <laughs> i'm gonna enjoy this <laughs> don't forget your power good. node oh man and uh yeah yeah that was great just just beating the smack out of that bastard because god he pissed me off um I, I, there's one part in the game where you have to slide around. You guys remember where you had to slide around all, all of those like bookcases or bunk beds or whatever the fuck they are. Yes. Chapter, yes. chapter uh -huh. nine where you're moving everything and he's chasing you through the whole thing. It's like, oh my God, leave me alone. I tried to lock him in, but he'll just come over the ceiling anyway. So He's just like, hiya, Georgie. And you're like, get the fuck out of here. Leave me alone. Yeah, so the necromorphs um, or space zombies, um, they are the primary antagonistic force of this game, and they're certainly terrifying. They are 
reanimated corpses that have been disfigured. They have weird tentacles, and I imagine there's something on Rule 34 on this that I don't want to see. They have fucking dark sabers for arms. Like, what the fuck? The interesting about it, believe it or not, is in the lore, the the very first like interactions with the marker and them turning into the necromorphs, the original necromorphs are still alive. Oh, shit. So they experienced all the pain of the transformations, all of it. And everything they experienced was like, it was extremely gruesome and painful for them. So them experiencing, they're, they're experiencing everything. They, they are watching their bodies, almost like the flood in Halo. They are watching their, they are pretty much sitting there watching their bodies kill their friends and family. That's terrifying, man. Oh, that is so sad. Um, you actually get bits and pieces of, of kind of the story and the lore through the, the audio logs and text logs and video logs. Um, which kind of reminded me a little bit of Bioshock, which is interesting because that's the spiritual successor to System Shock. And so, I mean, if anything, these games are sort of like cousins. Not like Alabama cousins, though. I, I think I, I enjoyed Dead Space quite a bit more. I got to say, I love the space setting. Um, and, and the Zero G, by the way. Oh, fucking mint. Fucking mint. I love the Zero G segments. Those were so that's cool. That's like one of my favorite parts of the game is any part of Zero G. I'm like, oh, I'm going to bounce all around the fucking map and shoot these bitches. Like, let's fucking go, man. <laughs> I will say sometimes the action took me out of it a little bit. Sometimes I was like, stop flinging monsters at me. Just let me solve this puzzle. So they could do with a little bit of less action in the Zero G segments. But overall, I loved, you know, the kind of mind-bending puzzles you'd have to solve. And, you know, and having to... Not really quite knowing where you are because you're completely disoriented uh, and you can stick on different surfaces. It's actually a hell of a lot of fun. Um, super enjoyed that. Uh, and by the way, going back to the Necromorphs, I know we're sort of all over the place here, but fuck it. I like how they you, headshots don't kill them. I mean, they'll just keep yes. going. Body shots aren't going to do it unless you just really pack in body shots. you got to shoot the limbs. And the game really reinforces that mechanic to you. I know there's like three or four, four different, different times. times where they tell you that. <laughs> so you really know, okay, shoot, shoot the, the limbs. limbs. Shoot the limbs. There's like, I think there's like 10 or 15 different audio logs. which is like, hey, make sure you dislimb this thing. Like, dismember the limbs. Go for it. It's like, oh my, okay, I get it. I get it. And then I got that the first time I fucking killed one, bitch. Like... Yeah, and then you get exposed to the chimeras. Oh. Yeah. That's my favorite, I, by the way. I like the idea that, that that they're never really dead, but but like literally like you just have to rip off the limb so that they can't move anymore. Although that's not really true in game, but I was gonna say tip for anybody playing this game, stomp the dead bodies, they will come back. The breeders love them. Oh my god, how many when when they'd be like sitting on the ground and like faking it and then you you walk up to them and God, I fucking hated that. And then they grab onto you and you gotta like I learned that mistake in my first playthrough. I don't know how many times I got scared of that on my first playthrough. Like there's like at the if you watch how I stream it like here recently, like I'll go up and I I even put anxiety in my chat when I was like, Alright guys, make sure you always check the bodies and I just started walking by all the bodies and everyone was freaking out and my chat was screaming at me to check the bodies and i was like no no i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna show you why <laughs> like it's not my job I'm like you're yeah literally i'm watching the stream and i'm like i know you fucking know this but like really like you're making me upset right now because like as well. a veteran like a veteran dead space player which i also wanted to bring that up i'm really excited that like i've played it quite a few times it's one of you know uh, agony's favorite games and it's your first time playing so it's cool to see like different inputs um on like the gameplay because you know like i've i've obviously you know been into this but not as much as 
Not as much as Agony here, but I like that you're playing it for the first time, Ash. I'm well into my second playthrough, actually, now. Um, but yeah, th this was my first time playing it. So very extremely replayable. I can definitely see the, the allure, especially beating on different difficulty settings. And there is actually an achievement, I, I, I know, for uh, using only the plasma cutter uh, in a playthrough, which I could totally do because that's... Uh, arguably the best weapon in the game is, is the default. Yeah. I mean, it's so versatile. It When you upgrade it, it can do a hell of a lot of damage, but even unupgraded, I mean, it just takes a couple shots to limbs, um, and you can rotate it both ways, and it's fast. Um, I could totally rely on the plasma cutter. I mean, I, I think that was kind of my favorite weapon, and I, and I remember you asking me before, and I think I told you the Ripper. Um, my opinions on that are, are, I guess, a little bit not as much. Uh, the line gun is quite a bit of fun. I love just like they're running at me, you know, and I can just shoot a quick shot and they're on their on their off their legs, you know. <laughs> yeah, I use that whenever there's lots of like hordes of them, just because it's easy to like line them all up and just take out all their fucking legs. Like I feel like fucking the queen off with their legs, like fucking. And the fucking contact gun. Yes, I love the contact gun. Yep. It will just kill any enemy. I stick with the pulse rifle and the uh, the plasma cutter. Uh, yeah, we just stick to those two. Like you, if you watch the stream, those are the only two weapons I have. Yep. If it comes up to the flamethrower, I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. Or... He will literally throw it. He'll take his stasis and throw it. I'm not even joking. And I like how the game won't typically offer ammo for uh, weapons that you don't have in your inventory. Um, the yeah. game actually does do a good job of giving you what you need when you need it. So, I mean, there is that survival aspect of needing to manage your resources uh, and make sure that you have enough before in order to move forward. But um, I, I do like that the game recognizes, okay, you're a little low on health. Let's offer some med packs. You're low on this ammo. Let's give you this. So that's good. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't take away too much of the challenge because I did find plenty of segments in the game where I was like, come on, give me a fucking med pack. <laughs> there was one part where I actually had to reload because it, it reloaded me right before... Um, you know that the segment whenever you fight the enhanced brute right, and after it kills Hammond. Yes. I I was loaded into that game with no health and no med packs, and it, it refused oh. to give them to me, and it, and it kept reloading right to the boss fight. So I kept dying in one hit, and I was like, I can't do this. I have to quit and reload for my last save. <laughs> oh fuck. And then yeah. Yeah, that's where the game identifies like, hey, this is an issue, and then it just drops you metric shit ton of things to use, and it's like, all right, cool, thanks, finally. If you explore, there's no shortage of materials. Yeah, and make sure to always keep a power node on you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I and I was kind of conflicted about that at first, because you know the game gives you the opportunity to use power nodes, um, either to upgrade your shit or to open the doors. Um, thankfully they're not a limited resource; they they can be bought along with everything else in the game. So, um, and you'll certainly get enough credits. So I I ended up finding out that opening those emergency doors are actually worth it because they'll give you a ton of shit that's worth more than the power node was and you can buy another one uh, and if you're playing on multiple playthroughs which you will to have to to upgrade all your shit i mean yeah yeah the only thing is like have you found pang yet that's the real question pang yes so there's a little golden statue in every single dark souls game it's p dash e n g pang okay it's gotten so like the achievements for the game entice it to become what it has become where it's literally almost a cult following for this thing because it's like there's always paying or um you can have whatever you want as long as it's paying and those okay. are the achievements that it gives you and it's like and they're so hard to find like the first one i missed it 
it's in uh so you know the fuel injectors where you're going through and you have to open the doors that uh, that are shooting the fire like yeah. you have to jump between the jet uh, the jet fire uh, jet flames huh so it's in one, it's in that room and i missed it oh no behind, it's behind one of them but you have like it's it's the timing of going over there to grab it and then running away to get out of it but you said dark souls by the way uh, I, I, I caught that too but <laughs> i wasn't going i wasn't going to say anything <laughs> I, did. No. I don't give a shit um I yeah so i'm playing that game i i i didn't notice that but i did get the achievements for both of the mini games the uh the uh zero g basketball and then the other one um yes. those those were a lot of fun i loved being able to just like kind of stop my horror experience for for just a second to uh blow off some steam mm-hmm. and and play these games and um yeah i thought that was a lot of fun and, and get some good resources as a result <laughs> yeah Something I wanted to bring up, too, is, like, I find it really interesting that, you know, there's, like, this backstory in this game where, you know, Isaac's love for his girlfriend ends up tearing apart his mental state. And this, you know, shows through all of them. But in the first game, it's kind of where it starts to peek at its head. And, you know, and and out of all places, out of all ships, it ends up being the Ishimura, which is where his girlfriend, Nicole, is the chief of medical staff. Right. So it's, like... That's really, really interesting for me because it's like they tied this in so well and it was something that I didn't even think about in retrospect until I looked back at the game and I was like, damn, that was fucking smart. Okay, whatever. That that option came up because it, it explains at the very beginning too. What happened was that they got the notification that the Ishimura was down and that they weren't getting any, like, rece- like they weren't receiving any comms from it. So they asked for an engineer to go and when Isaac knew it was the Ishimura, he's the one who jumped onto yeah. it. It was his choice to make that choice. And another thing that's interesting with that, that you say that it isn't until it was about chapter four when she starts popping up on the, the screens. Yeah. yeah. That's where the true horror aspect comes in. Cause at, through the whole time, the whole marker and hurt, like having Nicole fuck with you and having the marker mess with you the whole time. It's just, it gets so much worse. Yeah. Cause he just starts going fucking manic. Yeah. It's a great, great thing. I love that. Um, I and I, I did see the twist coming. I could tell that she was a hallucination because they they planted those seeds, you know. Um, and and she was always just gone as soon as you looked around. But, um, it is it is a just a crazy moment right at the end where Isaac realizes like, okay, she's dead all along, and you're insane. <laughs> yeah, you're having hallucinations, man. It's like, oh shit. Well, plus like Nicole isn't as well armed as fucking Isaac Clark with his fucking steel suit, just dum 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 dum. You know, so I I I initially thought in the beginning of the game like, oh okay, you know, like maybe she could be alive. But then as you know, all of these crew members start dying. I'm like, there's no way this bitch is alive. There is no fucking way. I don't see how that could possibly fucking happen. And then of course, you know, you find out that she's committed suicide, and you're like, oh. oh. I knew that wasn't her. I'll put it that way. I knew the hallucination wasn't her, and her odds of survival were very slim. Yeah, after about chapter two and a half, I was like, yeah, no, this bitch is dead. He's gonna start going crazy. I wouldn't blame <laughs> the guy either, but still. I like his background as an engineer and how that influences the weapons that he uses. Um, they're all like engineering and like mining equipment rather than guns, right? I mean, you've got the plasma cutter and, and the ripper, which is literally just like a remote saw. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Makes it seem like he's just sort of like jerry-rigging these things together. And, um, you know, and, and I think they get into that more in the sequels, his his background as an engineer. Um and he is a silent protagonist in this one. So you don't yeah. really know what's in his head so much. Um, but I love how 
And you don't even get to see his face for most of the game. I mean, you can take a peek at the beginning if you turn the camera around and you get to see it at the end. But for most of the game, I mean, you're picking up his um, his mannerisms just from, well, from his mannerisms, right? <laughs> I guess what I was trying to say is you're picking up his personality from his mannerisms. And um, just looking the way that his head sort of twitches, you know, you can tell like, okay, dude's kind of creeped out. You know, I would be too. <laughs> I actually brought this up on stream last night. Um, so uh, Agony was playing uh, Dead Space for the stream. And I was like, dude, he's literally the fucking Link of horror. Like, he is the Link of horror. Like, the, in the first game, he's just silent. Yeah. Isaac, it's me. I wish I could talk to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about everything. I wish I could just talk to someone. It's all falling apart here. I can't believe what's happening. How many times you watched that thing? Guess you really miss her. Don't worry, we're almost there. You'll be able to look her up once we're on board. Sounds like you do have a lot of catching up to do. The USG Ishimura, biggest planet cracker in her class. Why is it all dark? I don't see any running lights. This is mutiny. Hold it. By maritime law, Article 5469, I hereby declare Captain Benjamin Mathias unfit for duty. The mark must be delivered to the church. I'm sorry, Ben, but I can't let you do this. USG Ishimura, this is the emergency maintenance team of the USG Kellyan responding to your distress call. Come in, Ishimura. Never heard of a total communications blackout on one of these things. You'd think with a thousand people on board, someone would pick up the phone. We need more help. We don't have the resources to deal with this many cases. Nobody would tell us what's happening. There should be a security detail in here. Yeah? Well, there's not. There's nobody here. Isaac, where are you? Help me. One thing that that uh, I hadn't realized that there's an actual Easter egg at the beginning of the game. So yes, you're not you don't you don't get to really see Isaac as who Isaac really is up until near the end of the game. But if you turn around and like you look at the the crew quarters and you see his bunk, you could see like kind of like what what he prioritized. Yeah. And on his suit, he has a uh, an identification tag with his picture. And I didn't know that until I was turning around and looking around, and I saw it. I was like, wait a minute, wait, what? When was this a thing? 
and it was like you could see the stitching in it too so you could see that it like it was stitched on and i was like wow okay so you can read the words you could see the you could see his picture and you could see all that and i was like that's that's some attention to detail on that part yeah like little things like that definitely that i never experienced that until like the very beginning until actually a couple of days ago when i started it so and I love that about this game because, like, you know, like, it is a horror game, but they make the time. And that and that shows, you know, like, how much love the developer had for the, the game. Unfortunately, you know, they're not, you know, they've been bought out. But um, just, the, just the creators of the game in general being able to put little things like that in there to give the, the character personality. Um, and even the, the Pang uh, statues. Like, it's just these little things that they add in for the players that I think is so cool. Because, like, you know, the, the first game, it almost feels like a... A indie game just the way kind of that it plays you know that it's not completely polished and you know i i think that definitely they weren't sure how this series was going to go and number one was picked up so well that they made number two and three and maybe that's why three um maybe because they didn't quite have a direction kind of like you know other games you know that have been you know produced like a series in the past for example you know um the mortal Kombat series because we've talked about that recently um the gears of war series things like that um it, it kind of reminded me of like a very well-developed indie game um, so I, I really find it interesting that they've put all these little, um, aspects in there. Yeah, it, it does feel, like I said I, early on, I mean, it is a little rough around the edges. It feels unpolished when you compare it with its sequels. Um, and, and I've heard a few complaints about the overall pacing of the game. Yeah, this game goes by fast. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I still felt that it was, it, it was an enjoyable experience and, and I think a quality experience. And overall, I kept wanting to play the game. I mean, I was kind of glued to it and wanting to to see what would happen next um and it is pretty terrifying you've got this you know just this creepy atmosphere the entire time uh one segment of the game i did also enjoy too uh or the the vacuum segments which are interesting because i like how they and it's little attention to detail like this i like how sound there's no sound everything is muffled because there's no sound in space. It's it's you're a in void. The vacuum of space, yeah. Also, because there's no oxygen, your flamethrower doesn't work. It, it happened mm-hmm. to be one time. I remember trying to pull it out. I was like, wait a second. No, I've got ammo. Oh, we're in, okay, we're in a space. It's a vacuum. There's no oxygen. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can't really hear the enemies around you. Um, so you really have to uh, rely on... Uh, y- you have to re- rely on your other senses to get you through those segments and also keep an eye on your oxygen meter. So I, I thought that that was th- those, those uh, particular parts of the game were very uh, suspenseful and, and fun. Yeah. I think the only thing about the gameplay that I didn't like was kind of for me after chapter three or so, it got kind of predictable. It's like, Oh, get to the tram. Cause you're going to go to this part. You knew that yeah. another chapter was coming. Um, so I, I kind of didn't like that aspect. I kind of want to be able to just, you know, like it, you know, going, you know, for other, you know, storyline games, for example, like the last of us, you go through a new chapter, but it's a different part of the game or resident evil. You go through a new different chapter, or but dead it's space too. Yeah. Kind of fix dead that space whole two. repetitive level structure. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. what you mean. But, I mean, you are stuck on a ship, so also I can't fault them for that. You know, you can only get so many ways. But at least they could have done it, you know, in different parts before you get to the train and stuff like that. But each chapter does feel different enough through the middle of it. What were you going to say, man? 
I was just going to say, like, if you if you take in consideration that, like, you're in a game that is quite literally producing high levels of anxiety consistently with background sounds or the fact that it'll go quiet and when you turn around, you see an enemy and it starts sprinting at you and the music jumps up really sporadically and really loud and just a lot of stuff moving around. When you come across, like, when you're told, hey, uh, like, go go here and then you come running around the corner, you see the tram station, you know you're not getting attacked, so that's just a that's that small moment of relief that you get from a game that is literally just punching you in the face with nothing but anxiety. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's unlike enough. resident evil, there are no save rooms, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there are safe stations, but you, you can still get attacked. You can get attacked. In fact, uh, that's another thing I almost forgot to mention. This game has almost no, uh, pausing menus i mean you've got your your regular pause menu but that's it accessing the map accessing your inventory it's all done in real time because of the way that this game handled the ui which i love i i've the the whole i mean it just provides for a a so much deeper and more immersive experience because there is no hud right all of it is integrated into isaac's suit the rig including his health bar and the stamina meter and when you're pointing and, and aiming your gun you can see the bullets on the gun um all of the maps and stuff uh and other menus are a a product of a holographic projector that comes in front of them and you can still walk around and shit while you've got the map open i really enjoyed that the that what they did with that in this game and i thought that was pretty revolutionary that's honestly one of my favorite parts of it the guideline was a great thing with it too is like because you don't you're lost and it's dark so you press and hold like the right stick or r3 and you're just putting your hand down and there's a trace line that you have to follow yeah, the locator is good because it's a really excellent way to encourage the player to, of course, explore and not go on a linear path, but still have a sense of direction. And it's totally optional. You don't have to pull up the map. You don't have to use the locator if you don't want to. But for me, what it was handy for was knowing where not to go if I wanted to go off the beaten path and explore things. And that's something I always struggle with in games is like, you know, yeah. you, you want to go to the optional room first and then move ahead. So I'm glad oh, that the game always told me where to go and it wasn't even necessarily the best path just the fastest one you know i love that they kept it in the whole series too that was another thing is like they they knew it was a good thing and there was a positive thing that they had so they kept it through the whole series so that was a great thing i like the improvements that they bring in dead space 2 but we'll talk about that next episode um yeah the improvements they bring to the locator really make it uh much much better um this is the only one in the series i believe to actually have a map Yes, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so and the map was very similar to uh, Metroid Prime, I, I got to say. The way that yeah, it, you know, you've got this 3D map that, yeah, the way you can rotate it. <laughs> and also something that I really did love about um, the Dead Space series as a whole is the fact that you can see the holograph from either side and you can yes. kind of like move it around. I've, I haven't really seen that in a lot of games. And it's so, so cool. It's, it's such a small thing, but it's those little details that you just really love about a game because it's like it actually is a hologram it's not just something that you hold up and then you can't see the other side it's not a screen it's an actual fucking hologram and for a game being released in 2008 that was that's fucking revolutionary and i've never seen something like that before out of a game especially out of a horror game of all things you know like there's lots of games based in space um but none of them just quite do a lot of the aspects that you have with the rig and with isaac and you know with just the interface system like dead space does it su- holds up surprisingly well for a game in uh, early on in the Xbox and PlayStation Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 life cycle. Um, for this era of games, I think that the graphics look fantastic, um, and, and the game holds up technically um, actually pretty well. It, it's a f- 
pretty fast experience, but it's not unlike playing, for instance, Uncharted. You know, any kind of linear yeah. game is is gonna be is gonna go through quite a bit faster. Um, so, and the graphics, the graphics are actually really nice. I love the amount of detail in them, and uh, again, the physics and the controls uh, handle as as well as you as well as you'd like them to. Yeah, and even playing through this recently, you know, I was so surprised how well the graphics held up because they're almost as good as graphics from recent games and, you know, 18, 19, even like last year and this year. Like, it, it held up so well for a game that's over a decade old. Compare this with some other games. I was recently playing, you know, some of the older Assassin's Creed games and they don't look as good. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. As this game another, does. Another, another amazing thing is, like, the environment, like, going off the environment. You can find areas where, like, you could see where the the necromorphs are met, are like nesting and making their little holds and shit like that. And when you're walking over them, you go from like that metal sound of you walking on the catwalks to stepping on that, and you hear like the fleshy sound and yeah. like, stuff like that. The, the squish, yes. You can't run on those. Nice. I noticed that. No, it's super fleshy and all that. It's it's really nice. It's uh... those little details that they have that really add it to as a whole. And then playing. The first time through, it you want to take your time because you don't know what's around the corner and what's absolutely like that. So you're very cautious about like they, it. Literally install like instills fear in you the first time you play through because I still have PTSD from one of the fucking games that I played, and uh, I think it was the second one that me and Megan were talking about last night actually. Yep. There's a part where like the elevator open up and you're like you're not expecting it and like necromorphs jump out of the elevator. Yeah, they're just like. Meh. So ever since that, when I was a kid, like. I was 14 at the time. Up until now, any game that has an elevator sequence, I'm always aiming in the elevator to make sure that yeah. doesn't happen. And it's stuff like that that like it makes Dead Space as a whole just an amazing horror series, just in general. I experienced that recently with RE8, um, some of those el- the elevator tension. I like how the game just throws you right into the necromorphs, and at first you have nothing you can do but run. You don't have your plasma cutter yet. Yes. Um, you pick it up along the way, but I mean Isaac just runs, and so you know you've got He's these like, fuck this shit on space mouth. zombies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I'm just an engineer. <laughs> I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. Yeah, it sounds like he's just gonna be like, "Damn it, Jim! I'm I'm a engineer, not a fighter." Don't pay me enough for this shit. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I, I just like that's something I really wish we could have had in this game that I feel like just would have made it so much better is some fucking internal monologue because this motherfucker's probably just like he sees another one, God damn it, they're just like angry because like in the second and third game, you know. I like that he gets a little more verbal in the other yes, ones. Yes, yeah. because he's like you know you can hear him get frustrated and stuff. In this one, you know, you just hear his his grunts of unholy godly powerful stomp and i was actually talking about this on 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 agony stream last night i don't know what this man has done for a leg workout but he has the power of god in his right leg straight up yes (laughs) annihilating like anything that touches it just like absolutely stomping on it no blood splatter they just fall apart and they got that (laughs) i love i love that sound yes he was playing last night, and there was a, a body, and he's like, don't trust the bodies. And he stomped on it, and it just splintered in half. Like, all, every appendage just flew off. And I was like, that, that is the power of God in his right leg. <laughs> and also something that um, 
I wanted to bring up, because I know I talked about Markiplier a little bit earlier, is, like, I cannot fucking play this game anymore without hearing, Dime Isaac Clark! Because fucking Markiplier. <laughs> like, literally, Dime Isaac Clark, I'm a badass, I know what the hell I'm doing, don't talk to me and I'm an engineer. Stompy stomp, like, literally, I'm saying that shit in my fucking head <laughs> and out loud while I'm playing the game. And Alan's just looking at me like, honey, I love you, but what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, just please go watch the Markiplier and you'll understand, like... <laughs> I wanted to ask, okay, some of the ammo containers, when you hit them, there's like, it's like you stomped a creature instead and there's blood splatter. Was that intentional? What's going on there? I think it was a sprite issue that they had because obviously okay. the first game wasn't really like very well funded, as we know, because it does come off as an indie game. So you might as well consider it an indie game at this point. Um, so when you're when you're hitting it, sometimes like the, there'll be like body parts inside the containers. Yeah. So that'll that's what happened with that or other times if you notice that like there'll be bodies that you'll stomp on there's not there's like no blood splatter they just fall apart yeah yeah the ones where you step on is an excessive amount of blood and it's like okay stop there's more than eight liters in there bro you need to chill yeah please i i know that they ended up remaking and um uh remaking all of the uh the assets in this game including the models and animations uh, including Isaac Clark cuz i got to say Isaac Clark is daddy in, oh, in Dead Space 2, man. He is Dead Space daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, I I love the uh little bit of of insight into his character right towards the end too where he pulls off his mask and um that, that is actually a really cool segment. And then that cliffhanger ending with the what we later find out is just a hallucination of Nicole, but <laughs> Yeah. For me, it kind of reminds me of um, Mass Effect whenever Tali finally takes off her mask. Because you never see her fucking face. Like, you can see the tip of her nose, and that's it. You know, and... That's why. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, you do. I romanced her just for that shit. I literally played through a male Shep just to fu- fucking romance her so she could take off her mask. Because I wanted to see it for myself and not just a funny thing. It's an actually just an edited stock image that they pretty much just photoshopped her face onto they did fix that in the remaster but um yeah no i fucking worked hard for that shit so um but it it (laughs) reminds me of that because you don't see him without his mask and then all of a sudden you go into number two and he's in a fucking you just hang out in a straight jacket it's fine it's casual but you you see his face and you're just like oh okay space daddy like you could fucking whatever (laughs) isaac clark could get it if he wanted to i guess second the second one has the best intro of the, the entire series the yeah. second one has the best intro because you wake up and like you're the one dude is like, hey, we need to get out of here. And then you start screaming in your face. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? And then the breeder comes over and fucking starts the whole shit right in front of you. And you're in a straitjacket and can't do anything about it. Yes. So you're just running while shoulder tra- like shoulder charging all these necros in a straitjacket. Yeah. Or the the squeamish part with like the the needle and that has to go in your eye. And you're like, okay. oh, I can't watch that segment. I can't uh... like. Especially because I'm planning on getting LASIK within the next year. Like, I don't watch that fucking segment because I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I can't fucking do it. I can't do it. Do you know what else I also, other, other mechanics in the game I liked? Um, the stasis and the kinesis. Yes. Some interesting puzzle solving you could do with that and elements of combat. Um, I, I guess I didn't use the kinesis as much as I, I should have, but what's cool about it is, you know, you can lift objects and create a shield for yourself and you can launch it at other enemies. So if you're low on ammo, you got something. Oh, I use the ever living shit out of it. <laughs> Some enemies and bosses will launch projectiles at you and you can. <laughs> They refine that definitely in two and three because in the first one it's kind of like you're just slapping them with it. Yeah. I experimented that uh, with that on stream once. Uh, I picked up like one of the blades, 
off of a dead body and I went to throw it and it went just straight. Like I was like, okay, well It doesn't impale them like it does in the other ones. Yeah. And I love how in the second game it's an insta kill. That's beautiful. Just I love the impalement, like picking up and just pinning them against the walls and you watch them dangle you're like hey, that's <laughs> You're my bitch. new artwork, bitch. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and the stasis was a lifesaver in some situations because when you've got these enemies that are coming fast at you, especially those glitchy motherfuckers toward the end, um, that are just like, was it teleport and shit? Yeah. The yes. the the tweakers. <laughs> the tweakers. Yeah. You might as well fucking call them that. You know. You know that one kid from South Park. <laughs> oh my god. Those are the people waiting outside the Seven Eleven for you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. With their weird looking star tattoo and everything. Um. Yeah, so the stasis mechanic is cool. It you know works, I guess, like you'd expect it to if you've played Breath of the Wild, just without the whole like kinetic energy thing. But you know, stop things coming at you, and um, I thought that was interesting. It's 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 good uh, use against the brutes as well because you got to hit them in the back. Speaking of the necromorphs, I I love how unique they are, but yet. Like, you know, like some of them, you know, they become breeders or they're, you know, the chimeras or they're just normal necros, but they all all have kind of a similar aspect to where you can see them all as like one, I don't want to say race, but one like species kind of. Um, yeah. And I think it's so cool how they, they really just made this all like one cohesive piece with the enemies. Because, you know, in some games, um, especially, you know, like bigger games, you know, you have like different like species that you can kill. You have different like beasts and this, it's all this one race species um but they all have their own attributes um so like for example the normal necromorphs have their big fucking their arms but everything has fucking spikes everything yeah yeah it makes you wonder i mean is, is there anywhere in the lore where it talks like if they have any kind of a hive mind through the marker or something yes well it's it's not the marker that they have the hive mind marker is just the thing that kind of like like pushes the signal out it's a signal that's yeah. causing uh, dead cells inside your body to reanimate and mm -hmm. pretty much do that, return into the necromorphs. The interesting thing about that is, too, is like you can be alive and then start going through the transference, which I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So in the games, if you pay attention to the enemies that are attacking you, if you're fighting more than one at one time, you'll see that solidarity. If you actually focus on it, you'll see one go to attack you, and then if you get away from that one, the other one is already swinging around to come hit you from the side. So they adjust to how you move and how you're fighting. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll be facing one way, and they'll come up from behind you from the vents. Like, there's a major solidarity in these enemies. And the, the hive mind you're, th you're talking about is called the Brother Moon, and that isn't oh. touched. Like, that's not explored too much into uh, until Dead Space 3. 3. Okay. Because that was the... That's the moon that's because essentially the moon that is hovering around the planet where they cracked the uh, where USG Ishimura is. Aegis Seven. Yeah, I just Aegis Seven is hovered by a brother moon. Actually, you can see it in uh, Megan's background. Oh, that okay. is the brother moon, but okay. that's asleep. So it's it's literally a whole ass moon that is taken over by the necromorphs. Yeah, that's like their home planet. I like the world here. I mean, we've got we live in an age where they have planet cracker class weapons i mean that just sounds cool they're mining the resources from planets and um you know obviously dug up something that they weren't supposed to or then you find out that it's actually man-made or something and i i don't i don't even remember but <laughs> well actually the ishimura 
is um is an illegal mining mission. They're not supposed yeah. to be doing this at all. They're not even supposed to be near this planet, and they did it anyways. So um, that kind of ties into the second game a little bit because it, they're all of this they're doing is completely fucking illegal, and they were not supposed to even go towards this in the first place because they had an idea of what was there. I like how at the end when you're moving the uh, the marker, it it actually does sort of call them, doesn't it? Because they swarm you. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. They're like my precious. They'll hover around the marker, and they they won't focus on you until you get like too close to the marker, then they'll start attacking you and just swarming you. And that that once again that goes into the solidarity of that species. It's not really like like Megan said, it's not a race, it's a species. It's just a mindset. It's ridiculous, but it's it makes an amazing game. Um, and then like I love how they built around the like the illegitimate operations of the USG Shimura with. The whole crew being part of the was the Church of Unity, yes. the Unitology, the Markers, yeah, the Church of Unitology that supports the Markers and all that stuff. That like, uh, the Necromorphs are the next step in evolution for humanity. Yeah, a very Scientology esque, obviously inspired by yeah, you know, like religious cults of the future. Um, and it's like anybody future. could be a Unitologist. Um, like all the people I remember looking in the logs and like there's like a list of all the crew members that are known unitologists including the captain um yeah yeah who basically said fuck these people um something something unitology i don't know (laughs) some cult some cult bullshit yeah there's a video playback of them killing him for that reason yeah kind (laughs) kind i think kills him um uh yeah who's a character you you later meet and then there's other mad scientist guy who's like trying to 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 kill you and sending his his regenerating monster after you and i'm like come on man i'm just trying to get out of here bro leave me alone i just want to survive and find nicole (laughs) but i wanted to say something else and now i can't quite remember what i was gonna say but i guess we'll we'll sort of wrap things up here we're coming up on an hour but what what are you guys final thoughts on the game i think it needs to be remade honestly it's one I said before and I said again, it's probably one of the best horror games that's come out since 2010, even though it was made back in 2008. Yeah. It's probably one of the best horror games that I've experienced, aside from The Evil Within. Yeah. It's definitely one of the one of my top horror games that I've ever played in my life, and I will keep playing the game, and it needs to be remade. It needs that justice. Hell yeah. What do you think, Megan? I 100% agree. Um, I really think that um, they need to, to take a look back into... Um, you know, the Dead Space series, just because it did so well in its time, it's still doing well. I mean, this game is still talked about. Um, I was literally just talking to a buddy about, you know, oh, hey, we're going to do Dead Space for the podcast. And he was so excited because like he it's one of his favorite games. And I feel like that's the same for a lot of people that have played it or have been around it. Like genuinely, everybody that I've met that's played it enjoys it. I've, I've never met somebody who didn't like the game. Um, so I definitely think that there needs to be a remaster, remake, something of this, just because the game has done so well over time. Like, even now, like, I was looking on Twitch last night, and there was still, like, 10,000 people fucking playing this game and streaming it. I mean, that was just on live, you know? Um, so, I mean, this game is still so heavily prevalent, you know, in, in, in today's gaming world, and it's, you know, definitely I feel like there's probably some inspired games of this series, and I think that we just, it, it like like Agony said, it, it's going to do it justice. It needs it. Um, and I really think that they could, you know, if they're interested, they could probably make a good profit off of it, you know, just because the series originally did so well, and there's people who probably are waiting in the in the sidelines for this remaster. Hey, come on, EA. You, you know you want that money. You know what's funny is, like, every time we talk about a remaster, it happens. Okay, well... 
let's 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 hope it happens. And like, yeah. When we talked about God of War. They start. We were like, we they should make a, a sequel. They're gonna make a sequel. Like we speak it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, 100% agree with both of you. I would love to see this game get updated and have um, a lot of the same quality of life improvements that you see in, in the other two games, uh, I think would really help. Um, this game is bone frustratingly stupid at some parts. or Yes. You know, um, it yeah, just there are some parts that are so frustrating that it kind of killed my enjoyment and I had to put it away for a while. One of those being the asteroid part. Another one of those being... <laughs> The fucking boulders in the zero-G room, okay? Not because the boulders part was hard. No, that wasn't hard. It was the part afterwards where you get swarmed by these enemies and you can't just run past them. They'll follow the door through you and you've got the exploding enemies coming after you. And and the checkpoint forces you to redo the whole puzzle. So every single time it's like, okay, move a boulder, kill a couple enemies. Move a boulder, kill a couple enemies. The other two boulders. Turn zero-G off. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, you have to play that part very strategically. I mean, that was a big issue I had on stream, too, is sitting yep. there i was like all right well i'm gonna fucking die here and then i somehow got around i was like okay cool let me heal and turn around and start trying to shoot everything that's chasing me and then and then so. and then one of the, the exploded guys came up to you and killed you because that happened to me i got away from it okay i was trying i was trying to rip off one of their arms and use the arm as a as a projectile but i couldn't get the fucking i couldn't get the shot line, lined up Fuck, fuck the exploding guys, man. <laughs> Seriously. I just love any game with stasis because it always ends up being so fucking funny. Yeah. Every time. I and, Every and then you can time. and then you can just stomp the hell out of them while they're down on the ground and stasis. Like fuck oh, you. Absolutely. Oh something very Dime extremely satisfying. <laughs> so yeah, this game this game could do with a better checkpoint system, I will say. <laughs> just to get through some of the more frustrating parts. Mm-hmm. Which of which there are there are quite a few, but most of the game I I, I really thought was well handled and, and well executed. Um, I actually like that you'll have some moments of quiet that are just sort of building up to a boss fight, and you collect a bunch of resources, and you're like, okay, something's coming up. So you're oh, just absolutely. waiting. Any time in a game you get yeah. any resources, you're gonna get ass fucked by a cactus. Every they they do time. sort of fake you out a couple times with it though. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do. It's like they're like, all right, guess what? Here's a an abundance of resources. Like ah fuck, here's a boss fight. You walk in the room. Nothing. Not even not even one enemy. It's just cool. You're fine. You're good. Like, okay. And then you'll walk into another room. It's like not a damn fucking thing. You're like, ah, right, cool. We're good. And you just get swarmed by enemies. You're like, come on, game. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> they they will do that to you sometimes. They just throw a bunch of enemies, and it's just like survive. I love the pacing of the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I've, like I said, I heard some complaints. I've heard some complaints about it, but I don't mind it. I think the pacing was actually was actually really good. But I, I do think that the sequels improve on the games in a lot of ways. But we'll get into that, especially or I guess Dead Space Two. Um, Dead Space Three remains to be seen. I haven't played it yet. About halfway through two, I've played through one before, and about halfway through my second playthrough. Overall, uh, I think this game is. Uh, hugely playable i definitely recommend anyone check it out um it's something that you um it is definitely worth completing uh and finishing i mean do you need to go through 12 playthroughs and upgrade everything and try playing through it maybe not it depends on how into it you are he does <laughs> yeah yeah a huge replayability as well i mean i i thought it was it was fantastic and uh, i for a game from that era i, I think it was phenomenal it was it was before its time, but it's still making its time now, which is so yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 Like before its time, but it's like now catching that time and it's still carrying on the horror aspect. Because like the more because AA died down after it was like 
2010, 11-ish, it died down, and now it's picking up a resurgence again. Because like last time I checked, I think there was like 181,000 people following it on Twitch. So oh. like, it's it's really popular. Hey, so. EA, come on, come on, let's let's get <laughs> yeah. it, let's let's get it going. People might respect you as a publisher, maybe for that in Fallen Order. I mean, I mean, I respect them right now, but we all know of my biased opinion. So <laughs> I'm just happy I got my fucking remaster, but I will take this one too. All right, <laughs> a- a- Apex isn't too bad either. So they've got a couple things that are going for them. Jedi Fallen Order, Apex, and this. Speaking of Apex, they're making a Titanfall three, or they're they're trying to make a Titanfall three. There's big talks about it, but Res- Respawn Entertainment and EA is like, well, could be. They're gonna keep their lips sealed on that. Could we? Yeah. Yeah. It's like from soft with uh, Elden Ring, and I'm I'm waiting for info on that. Aside from the fact that they have George R. R. Martin, the dude who wrote fucking Game of Thrones, <laughs> writing yeah. the lore for this game. Oh, it's gonna be so intense. Wiener, 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 wiener. <laughs> it it's an it's an enigma right now because nobody's really heard much about it. FromSoft is keeping their lips tight on it, so there's lo- literally no info on this game. We'll see. Um, but, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or feedback on your platform of choice. You can find Collateral Gaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, hit us up on social media. You can follow Collateral Gaming on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like to keep the socials updated and hoping to update it more. Uh, we also post fire memes. We post fire memes. Uh, we've got our, our uh, Facebook group, Collateral Media Podcast, as well, uh, which is just kind of a kind of a space where you get to interact with us. It's not just us giving you all the news and memes. You can post there any movie or video game related content. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, Collateral Cinema Movie Podcast. We're going to be talking about Hooper. That's our upcoming episode. So uh, super excited to do another car movie. Talk about Burt Reynolds with the dudes and. Uh, yeah, Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming are, are headed towards the end of season, which is good because we're going to recharge our batteries and head, head into next season with just with just a, a bang. Um, guns a-blazing, absolutely we are. Guns a-blazing, we're already in the talks about what kind of games we're going to talk about. So I'm excited, and if you're excited, also check out our Patreon. Uh, evidently, yep. Megan is going to be working on some Mass Effect Legendary Edition content on that, so that'll be cool. I'm so fucking excited. Also, yeah, all, y'all, please reach out. Um, I really, really love interacting with the listeners. I think that's so much fun. I love talking to y'all. Y'all are just a great fucking group of people. Um, please don't ever be nervous or scared to reach out. Like, we love, love, love talking to you guys. It's so much fun. I genuinely love having conversations with y'all. Um, also, if you did enjoy Agony um, on our podcast today, he is always on Twitch. The only time he does not stream is Sundays. Um, I personally watch his stream every night simply because, you know, I kind of love the guy just a little bit. Um, but yeah, he does make some great content. He's also on, uh, is it Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter? Yeah, man, plug plug your shit. Where can where where plug can we find you, and, and what can we expect? So you can find me on Twitch at uh, Twitch.tv/slash/agony underscore within. Most of my social medias up until Instagram is agony underscore within. Instagram is agony dot within because they didn't allow. Oh, because the, the name was taken already by the band, which I, I reached out and hopefully, hopefully I get to keep the name. But if not, it is what it is. Um, to kind of recap on what I do, 
I kind of do some storyline games and some multiplayer games. Uh, the multiplayer games that I'm working on now is strictly Monster Hunter World. Going back into that game when uh, it was hopefully, hopefully still prevalent, but it's hard to say. Uh, but I do horror games. I do mostly shooter games, and that's about it. Hell yeah. All right. I'm going to have to check you out, man. I, I wanted to jump on board when you were doing Dead Space, but I just ended up getting roped into some housework and some other shit. But I'm doing all three, so you're fine. Blame, blame uh, yeah, yeah, blame being a dad. It's, it's, uh, sometimes <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's the full time job. The full time job. And, and I can't believe she's going to be two next month. I'm already, I'm already thinking about what sort of video games I want to play with her. Um, not Dead Space, not for a while, yeah, probably. Not, yeah, That's a yeah, little scary. Let's not, please. Please don't mortify your child at the age of three. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking send it. But yeah, guys, uh, we're going to be back talking about Dead Space 2 next time. That's going to be part two of this episode. For So for the first time in a, in a two-part episode, we're, we're, we're going to be doing a side-by-side because I started playing Dead Space 2 and I thought, man, this game is even better than the first one. I want to fucking talk about this. So we're going to talk about it. Expect that in a couple weeks' time. Um until then, we do uh, have our bonus round content coming out as well. If you haven't listened to the bonus round, um, it's sort of our uh, more unscripted, off-the-cuff, topical episodes where we can mm-hmm. kind of talk about anything. Uh, we did just do a bonus round commentary on Prime 2D, which is the, uh, the 2D remake of, of Metroid Prime. And uh, Zach and I had a blast with that. And, man, I should have we should have hit you up, Megan. I didn't even think about it. We were just I know, l- like, let's just do this feeling. thing. <laughs> I see y'all post an episode. I'm like, bitch! Wow! <laughs> I know. Well, I, I, I'm in a habit of just like doing the bonus rounds like spontaneously. So, yeah. but I should at least like let you guys know what's coming up if, if you want to bond. And of course, Agony, you're always welcome on any episodes if you would like to be on any episode. Yeah, man. Feel free to come back. Know. If we ever do Dark, Dark Souls, I think we. I, <laughs> I got you on that one. Let him yeah. lead that episode because he has probably how many hours do you think you have in that series collectively now? Probably over two thousand. Uh, last time I checked, collectively it's like close to three. So I've played like I'm going back through on the first one now to like get the memory back into playing the first Dark Souls because I'm about to do a stream on that one too. And so I'm also taking in Sekiro, which is a great, great game. If you haven't played it, it's extremely difficult. Do not play it like Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to be doing Code Vein, which was Bandai Namco's like anime version of Dark Souls. So oh. it'll be a lot of fun. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we will see you in part two. Uh, until then, Scouts. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Megan Gomez. And I'm Agony. This is Collateral Gaming. We are out.
Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.